The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This morning on the third hour of today, Safety in the Sky, a Today exclusive with the CEO of Alaska Airlines, talking to Tom Costello for the first time about this terrifying mid-air emergency. Flight 1282 should never have happened. Should never have happened what inspectors found in other planes, and what it means for all us passengers. Then, Barbie backlash. Fans and co-stars speaking out after Margot Robbie and director Greta Gerwig are shut out at the Oscars. What they're saying. Plus, we have rap royalty in Studio 1A. Rev Run is here live, bringing us all the way back to the beginning of his legendary group, Run DMC. And award-winning actor Kyle MacLachlan stopping by to share his new project about a small-town scandal. Today, Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the third hour of today. We've got the whole team back together. That's Bobby. right. Hey, Wait, good. Is what it day Wednesday? is it? Hump Mike, Mike, day. Mike, Mike, Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hey. <laughs> And on this Wednesday, we've got a huge show lined up for you. We're going to start today with that exclusive, the CEO of Alaska Airlines speaking out about the midair emergency that happened earlier this month. Mm-hmm. Probably recall this. A panel on a Boeing plane actually blew out during a flight. It led to an exhaustive safety review. An entire fleet of jets remains grounded this morning. And we're getting an idea for what inspectors have found, NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us. He's been on this story from the very beginning. So, so Tom, tell us about that conversation with the Alaska Airlines here. What was his, what was his message essentially to Boeing in the days after the incident? Well, his message to Boeing immediately was, this is not a one-off. He's an engineer by training, and the CEO said he knew within hours he was going to have to ground the entire Alaska MAX 9 fleet because it could not be one plane. It had to be more than one. And they have 65, uh, 66 MAX 9s within the Alaska fleet. But then what really made news is when he said to me, as they have gone on and inspected all of those MAX 9s, they have found many planes, his words, many planes with loose bolts around that door plug. The door plug, as you know, exploded out on that plane in the midair emergency. And he is not happy at all with Boeing. Take a listen to what he told me. Have you conveyed your disappointment, your anger, to Boeing's top leadership about this? We had very tough, candid conversations about what happened and why it happened. And yes, Tom, I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm more than frustrated and disappointed. I am angry. This happened to Alaska Airlines. It happened to our guests. It happened to our, our people. My um, demand on Boeing is what are they going to do to improve their quality programs in-house? And then in addition... In addition to the FAA oversight that's going to come on top of this, we are now putting our own extra oversight on the production line in Boeing. Yeah, that's astonishing. Uh, Alaska putting its own inspectors in Boeing plants to double-check Boeing's work. That speaks to the loss of confidence they have in Boeing, but they will continue to fly an all-Boeing fleet. And by the way, 
He says they had a guardian angel that day of that mid-emergency. Thank God nobody was sitting in the seats right next to the area that blew out, you guys. Absolutely, Tom. So, so what happens now? I mean, how long uh, is, is it going to take the Alaska Airlines CEO to get that full fleet back up into the air and back on track? So that really is up to the FAA, which grounded the plane, not only with Alaska, but United, and ordering inspections across the entire fleet, so 171 planes. They've done the first 40 inspections. They're reviewing the data from those inspections before they allow the next group of inspections. The FAA is not providing a timeline. But this is costing Alaska a lot of money, right? A third of their fleet grounded. Therefore, if you try to fly right now coast to coast on Alaska, it's pretty tough. They've lost that key plane that they need. Same thing with United. So they're canceling hundreds of flights a day, inconveniencing hundreds of thousands of passengers already. They would like to get the plane up and running as soon as it's safe. Uh, and they make the point, listen, Boeing ultimately is probably going to have to compensate the airlines for this, for the lost revenue and then the reputational damage. People blame Alaska this wasn't Alaska's problem. This was a Boeing problem, and Boeing has admitted that. Tom, real quick, is, is, does Boeing have to worry that they, they can sur- even survive this? I, let's be clear. Boeing is too big to fail. I mean, they are a national security entity in this country, critical to the economy, responsible for a huge portion of GDP. They're not going anywhere. But uh, United CEO is now saying United may consider going more with Airbus in the future because of its loss of drop of confidence in Boeing. All right, Tom Costello, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. All right, now to that backlash from fans of the movie Barbie. The film star Margot Robbie and director Greta Gerwig did not receive Oscar nominations, though the movie is up for Best Picture. NBC's Chloe Molas is here to break down the reaction. So much buzz this morning. A lot of buzz, angry buzz. Barbie fans are not happy. This film was a box office juggernaut, the highest grossing movie of the year, over a billion dollars at the box office, which is why so many people were totally shocked that the top two women behind it, they were left off the Oscars list. Barbie may have broken the box office, becoming the highest grossing film by a female director in history. But to the surprise of co-stars and fans, it wasn't enough for the film's star Margot Robbie or its director, Greta Gerwig, to get an Oscar nomination. While the film did receive eight nods, including Best Picture, Ryan Gosling, who was nominated for his role as Ken, spoke out about the snubs, writing, There is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. To say that I am disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Co-star America Ferreira, who clinched her first Oscar nomination, telling Entertainment Weekly she is sad and disappointed about the women being overlooked adding, they deserve to be acknowledged for the history they made, for the ground they broke, for the beautiful artistry. On social media... This is like one of the biggest snub Oscar lineups I think I've ever seen. Fans were fuming. One posting, Ken getting nominated and not Barbie, is honestly so fitting for a film about a man discovering the power of patriarchy in the real world. Unfortunately, I wasn't too surprised because the Oscars have a pattern of snubbing comedies, and they also have a pattern of snubbing movies directed by women. Congratulations to those men. In 2020, the Academy received criticism after all of the nominees for Best Director were men. 
That same year, Cynthia Arriva was the only person of color nominated in any of the acting categories. And who could forget the Oscars So White hashtag that went viral in 2015 after no actors of color were nominated. While past efforts have been made to increase diversity among its voting body, the Academy now finding itself back in the spotlight after the women behind Barbie are boxed out of some of the top prizes. NBC News has reached out to Robbie and Gerwig for comment, and we have not yet heard back. One of the big questions that I'm getting is how do these nominations even come about? Mm -hmm. Well, you're voted on by your peers. So actors who especially who have been nominated before, they nominate fellow actors. Editors vote for editors. Directors Mm -hmm. vote for directors. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that stings a little bit more that it's your peers here. And also Margot Robbie was really the brain woman, the brain child behind Barbie. It was her production company with her husband. She championed this project. She went to Mattel to fight for this to happen. So she didn't just star in this movie. And but is um, that what the Oscar's for, though, right? It's for the, the, acting, the acting itself. Exactly. Though, right? But you have Ryan Gosling, who got an Oscar nod. You have America Ferreira. They're both incredible in the film. I've seen the movie. I've seen almost all of the nominated films. I think Margot did a fantastic sure. job. We haven't yet heard from her. And also, there were other snubs. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio <laughs> kills a flower moon. He's fantastic. Go. But I mean, listen. Okay, so Purple, the musical. It was the highest opening day, yeah. Christmas Day opening since like 2009, but, I believe. Yeah. And that movie was not nominated in the Best Picture category. So there's always going to be people that are yeah. unhappy. Yep. Right. You but get it what did you get. get Bar- you don't get upset. And Barbie did get eight nods. Thank you. Our friendship now has some exciting news this morning. <laughs> not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But notice that. We weren't, no, we weren't even going to know. So people yeah. Yeah. why else you have something to say? Oh, okay. So, you know, I mean, last year she accomplished that. A huge yeah. milestone. Yeah. She ran the New York City Marathon. <laughs> well, real simple. And the New York Roadrunners were so impressed by the feat, they just Aww. announced that Chanel Jones is the official race host hey. for the 2024 Real Simple Women's Half Marathon. It's wow. so Congratulations. Real for me. inspired so many people. Thank you. I've, so many people even here in the building are doing half marathons yeah. now. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I remember when I was this, uh, I, I'm going to go off the rails. I'm going to try not to. I used to have this dream as a kid that there would be this, like, door. Mm-hmm. And I would open the door and there would just be, like, friends behind it or, you know, like a magic door. Yeah. I oh, feel like... Going. That is what this marathon has been for. Oh, I opened the door and it's this whole community yeah. from all around the Ooh. world. I've met people from all over the world who are running, mm-hmm. who are DMing me. And so to be able to be in Central Park on a beautiful day in April and cheer on these thousands of runners yeah. chasing their goals too in Central Park, April 28th, um, it's surreal. That's but you awesome. got to have the courage to open the door. You just have to open the door mm-hmm. and just let your feet just take That's you. Great. You, you can, can do register. hard things. You can do hard things. You can register for the, for register for your spot online. And I'll see you there in April. Very nice. All right. Well, coming up, we've got some cool facts about a cold winter, including some surprising snow numbers. Then a little bit later on, we've got a novel idea for book lovers. How they're all getting together for a reading party that is lit. Third hour of today will be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are many more weeks left of winter, so why not embrace it? Here to break down some fun, snowy stats about the season is NBC News business correspondent Brian Chung. Brian, good morning. Morning. Do you want to go head-to-head with me and Al on winter numbers? I think mean, <laughs> this goes well, yeah, because oh, I'm going to be quizzing the meteorologists about oh, no, the weather no. stats I don't here. think we actually yeah, know We're going to be judging everything. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, okay. so let's, let's when we talk about the weather, one number that I have for you is negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh. That was the lowest recorded temperature. Can you guess where? I am going oh. to say the top of Mount Washington. Somewhere in Alaska. What? It is Alaska, yes. Oh. So it's uh, somewhere north of Fairbanks at a base. Oh. So it, Ala- okay. yep, up in Alaska. Again, no surprise it's cold up there. But we, there's only one state where we haven't seen negative temperatures, and that is Hawaii, where oh. it got as low as 12 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. So still pretty chilly over mm-hmm. there. Uh, 70% of Americans, though, I didn't know this, they live in snowy areas that get more than five inches a year. So okay. the majority of Americans do experience and know how to deal with snow. Yes. 30% of them, a lot of them in California. And then 78 inches, the most snowfall that we've seen in 24 hours, six feet, six inches. That happened, uh, I believe it was in Alaska as well. Wow. wow. All That's right. impressive. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people like to travel. If you really like winter, you go to Alaska. But uh, <laughs> yeah. how many, what are we doing as far as travel is concerned for the winter? Yeah, well, a lot of people are trying to get out of town, especially if they live in those snowy areas. 58% say that they are set to travel this year. And interestingly, three quarters of them, 76% say that they plan on taking one to two trips. The oh. remainder plan on taking even more. Uh, it's a good time to travel because flight prices are down 11% this month. Is that Hot. domestically or international? That is, uh, that, that's domestic. Okay. And a lot of popular domestic locations, by the way, are Orlando, Florida, also Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, ski areas, though. A lot of people wanting to stay in the snow. 480 ski areas are open across 37 states oh, last season. Nice. A lot of them are in New York State, actually. I think yeah. it's the number one state, interestingly. I didn't know that. Yep. I oh. also did not know that. And then lastly, snowfall down, unfortunately, 36% at some Vail ski resorts. That's according to Bank of America for this season. So it's a big problem for a lot of ski resorts because of climate change. Yep, yep, exactly. All right, thanks, Brian. All right, big. Give us some more. Give us some more surprising <laughs> stats. Yeah, so we got some fun stats here. Less than half an inch is the width of most snowflakes, actually. Oh, yeah, so that tends to be that's an interesting stat. Wow. They can be as large as two inches in some cases, although there have been claims that there have been ones that are larger than that. A little hard how to substantiate. How do you save How do you say that? Exactly. Right, right, right. Uh, but some other stats for you. The largest igloo is in the Himalayas. Thirty-seven and a half feet. 
It's about the size of the green monster in oh, Boston. That's crazy. So really wow. Oh, there's a picture of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, well, it's a cafe, that. so you can go inside. You can sit down, have a cup of coffee. Super interesting. Much larger than Ice my coffee, Manhattan apartment. So, you know, <laughs> looks pretty good. The tallest stone woman, by the way, 122 feet and one inches. That was made in Maine, and they used uh, skis, actually, as eyelashes. Oh. Picture? Really I, picture, I don't know if we have a photo of that one, but if you, take a, if you Google it, Imagine it's really, really cute. Really, really cute. Huge. Tallest ice sculpture, 53 feet and 3 inches. And then for those mold wine fans, 537 and a half gallons. That's actually almost mm. impossible to fathom how large that is. That's big. That's how much was made, um, and that was, I think, I in love Europe. mold wine. That's a lot of glog. Okay. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, they a just lot. told me in my ear, 60 seconds left. All right, so <laughs> the first one, let's talk about some winter events. Yeah, so 40%, that is the stat of how accurate Punxsutawney Phil is oh. on calling whether or not winter is extended. You don't oh. want your bookie having a 40% rate. Not no. great. <laughs> SZA, by the way, we're talking about music because the Grammys are coming up. She has nine nominations. She is leading. Super Bowl 58 is happening this year. And yep. by the way, on the Super Bowl Allegiant Stadium, which is going to be hosting yeah. 28,000 tons of steel. Oh, wow. It's wow. It's a, wow. Yeah, it is. Do we have it time is. for the big number? We do. Big yes, number. The big number is 55. Okay. And that is the days until spring. March oh, right. So I, like that. That's not we like I don't that. like winter. So, you know, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm I like it. This is doable, guys. That is doable. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Good stuff. All right. Well, coming up, especially in the winter, who doesn't love curling up with a good book? But this is a little different. We're going to pay a visit to a book party where okay. the readers keep coming back for more. And then talk about party. Rap icon, hey, Rep hey. Run, live Studio 1A with a look back at that legendary group, his fashion, and so much more. Third hour today. I'll be right back. <laughs> This morning in our series, By the Book, a passion project that's putting a fresh spin on the traditional book club. NBC, NBC's Morning News Now anchor, Savannah Sellers, is here Hi, talking Savannah. all about it. Hey, Savannah. Good morning. Savannah. This is a really fun one. Wait till you see it. So, of course, we used to all have, you know, silent reading time at school growing up. But there is a group in Brooklyn who are bringing it back for adults. And they say it's completely changed the way they socialize with others and themselves. Books have always given readers a source of comfort, an escape, a chance to learn something new. But a reading party? That's a novel idea. The accountability of reading in community with other people at the same time, and actually like ending the night and having read 50 or so pages, I'm like, wow, like go me. Last year, friends John LaFrary, Ben Bradbury, Tom Wooster, and Charlotte Jackson were inspired to start a collective in their Brooklyn neighborhood. When did reading enter this friendship equation? I created this playlist called Reading Rhythms, which is a bunch of electronic music to read to. And I love reading to music, have done for many years, and I shared that with Tom. Ben and I started early on talk about New York is a crazy place, and we want to be social, yet at the same time, it always feels like being social is at odds with the book we want to read or kind of <laughs> interact with to actually work on ourselves. We had like 10 people over. We put a big tarp up on our rooftop, put up some studio lights, and put together a really cozy environment. And when we went through the event, it just felt like there was a spark of magic in the air. Taking the name from Ben's playlist, Reading Rhythms was born. So this is, as you all say, right, a reading party, not a book club. Hey, not a book club. Exactly. <laughs> What's the difference yeah. between those two things? People bring their own books. You bring what you're already reading. And we have a lot of people come in that are avid readers. And we have a lot of people come in that really want to get back into reading. Mm. And that becomes a great reading recommendation zone. It's been so cool just, like, just to witness how many different varieties of books have been in conversation mm. with each other. One of our first events, Tom brought a corporate finance textbook to the event. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, what? 
organized meetups, which now host hundreds of people, consist of half-hour reading blocks followed by discussions with other attendees, often complete strangers. And while $20 will get you a ticket in, the connections made are priceless. One of the coolest things I've seen so far is people leaving the event and saying, I think I'm going to meet my best friends here, a spouse, Aww. which is pretty incredible. Have any couples come out of a reading party? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> my girlfriend JC turned up at Reading Rhythms chapter six or seven, and now we're dating and boyfriend girlfriend. With sold out events for the next couple of months, the community is welcoming more and more members, myself included. I met a few regulars. Is this your first time at Reading Rhythms? Absolutely not. <laughs> I come weekly. This is my third time. And found some other newbies like me. Did you all know each other before? No, no we, we just met. We just met right now. Yeah. What made you think I'm gonna go try it out? I love reading, first of all, but I feel like it's a great way to like socialize and then also not drink. So I love that. We immersed ourselves in the first reading session. Using the books as icebreakers, the conversations went way deeper than what's just on the page. We had all been in this phase where we read a lot of self-development, non-fiction type books, and it gets kind of exhausting after a while. One of the things that has increased my quality of life the most is reading fiction. I remember last time I was here, I was talking to someone throughout the whole night, and by the end I was like, wait, we haven't even talked about like what to do for work. These parties are creating a shared experience, much like books themselves. Reading is this quiet, independent activity for the most part, right? Why push the boundaries on that? Why make it something where you're connecting with others? What's cool about reading is it tends to indicate that you're taking interest in something, which I think is a vital sign of your own relationship with yourself. And so in coming to Reading Rhythms, it's people that are coming and wanting to learn and just be curious and open-minded in a room with a hundred other people that want to do the same thing. What do you think? Y'all want to go? It's so quiet. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I know. Well, this is pretty cool, too. They're going to start trying to get other people to co-host. So they're trying to grow this team to lead events across New York City and beyond. They want to start doing it in other places. The requirements, a love of reading. Okay. Will work for okay. y'all. Yeah. And somebody that embodies their core values of connection, intentionality, playfulness and wonder. Those are all beautiful traits. Right? My problem is when I, I read a book to fall asleep. So I would go to this event and just like fall asleep. And is the piano corner. always sure playing? you would when you're sitting up straight. On the you know what? But you yes, know what? The piano's gorgeous. It's a new, I feel like a new way maybe to meet people before you start reading. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a, Guess what? a bar a or a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of couples, as you I was going to say, I do, think, it, I do think there are probably some single people who might use this as an opportunity <laughs> To meet other single people. Why not? So, that uh, and, and, and why is that? Yeah, I think it's great. But just because we're done. That doesn't that's mean the rest of the world good is. for the rest of the world. How do they make money, by the way? Um, so they do. There's tickets that you have to pay for in order to go, which, by the way, the wait lists are huge now to go to these oh. events. They're sold out by hundreds, actually. Um, and it's essentially for them to pay. You know, they're using these different spaces, okay. things like that. It's a great idea. Yeah, Thank we you, say yes. Spread it across the Thank country. You. Great yeah. stuff. You got yes. it. Coming up, we've got a legend in the house, folks. There he is, Rev Ron. He's here with the first look at a new throwback documentary that tells the story of how Run DMC really came to be. Third hour of today, right back after this, can't you see? Uh Uh-huh. See what you did. Oh, 
it's not every day that we have a rapper and a reverend here at Studio 1A. That's right. Joseph, Rev, Run Simmons, one-third of the award-winning rap group Run DMC. The legendary trio is responsible for hits like King of Rock, and it's tricky. Well, now Run DMC is chronicling their 40-year journey in the new Peacock docuseries. It's called Kings from Queens, the Run DMC story. Ooh. And Rev Run is taking us back, way back. Good morning. It's so wonderful that you're doing this. Listen, hip-hop, as we know, yeah. you know, all over, all over it's the everything. world. But it's so important that people see this, to see where you know, my boys are watching. Everybody's watching this. Take me back to what you guys were just talking about. So you and DMC, you went to school together. Yeah, when well, did you say, you know That what? was his alley by his house. Oh, right? okay. It was around 197th Street in Hollis. And we used to be back there listening to tapes. Because there was no records way back. There was yeah. no records. So we would get to get a cassette tape from Manhattan and had the Cold Crush versus the um, Fantastic Five with Theodore and Grandmaster Kaz. So these were our heroes. Okay. So people call us the old school, but it was an older school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair, we were just fair. the first to get like in that people that got on wax. They mm-hmm. actually made records. So when people like tell me, yo, man, I look up to you. I'm like, but you don't know nothing about Kaz and the Cold Crush that. 4. In this docuseries, you know, there's so many famous rappers that just say without you, they wouldn't be it. Eminem even says that there was, would be no Eminem without Run DMC. How does it make you feel that so many people give you guys credit? You know, it, it reminds me of how young they are because mm-hmm. when you tell me how much you love me, only thing that goes to my mind, I can feel why you feel that way because I felt the same way about mm-hmm. Grandmaster Flash yeah. and Cool Herc. So when I'm getting those props, I'm like, all right, I can accept this mm-hmm. because I geek out when I see Melly Mel. Yeah. <gasps> oh snap, that's Melly Mel. <laughs> A child is born with no state of mind, you know what I'm saying, from the message. So, I can accept it with, you know, being humble, but it's at the same time, I know where they're coming from because yeah. this is what they love. Yeah. Reverend, you know, back in 2002, we lost Jam Master Jay. He was tragically mm-hmm. murdered in his recording studio. Three men have, have since been indicted. Jury selection started earlier this week. He would have turned 59 on Sunday. What, what do you think his legacy Jay, is? Jay was the nicest guy. Yeah. He was a family man, a loving man. And not only was he a nice human being, he was nice on those turntables. So his legacy, people will always say, man, I remember Jay. He'd be the first out the car to go to sign the autographs. To, you know, when we get to town to perform, yeah. he's going into the town. Yeah. He's not just going yeah. to the hotel. So Jay was very social, very loving. But on those turntables, he was a beast. Mm. You have a favorite rhyme of, of Jay's? Um, J-A-Y are the letters of his name. Cutting and scratching are the aspects of his game. Yeah. <laughs> I love that your eyes light up. Yeah. <laughs> the memory, the memory. Yeah. yeah. So in, in August, yeah, it was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Yes. You and DMC uh, at Yankee Stadium say your wow. last live performance. No. Nope. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it think. is. No. Yeah, Come man, on. You can't stop, the, can't stop the bum rush. It's, it's over. It's over? Well, I think so. That's what D said. So we going, we'll see. Never, oh, never, yeah. never say never. Yeah. But, that's but that's true. what it was named. Not the bottom of the ninth, the walk off. Uh-huh. So let's leave it right there. People, but what was, what was that moment like? Um, I was scared. You know, you had really? all these. Uh, I'm scared before every show. Mm-hmm. There's not a show I played where I wasn't walking in circles. I get there three hours before I drive my whole uh, crew crazy because I got to be early. I got to sniff out the whole place. I got to know what's going to happen. I don't say I'm a control freak, but I just want to make sure that I give people what yeah. they came for. Sure. You so put in the I, I work. Work, I put in the work to make yeah. sure. So I was scared. That's the bottom line. You've got your Adidas on. My Adidas. I feel like not only did you guys, you know, have a huge impact on music, but we have to talk about the impact on fashion. I mean, seriously. You yeah. saved. You saved Adidas. <laughs> I got. I got gifts for y'all. Really? Oh, uh, yes. 
So we got him. Let's see what we got here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. No. Yeah, no. I signed everybody's name on it. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Rev. Thank fantastic. you so much. Awesome. right there. Thank you. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, y'all are good. Y'all are good. Oh, man. Instead of superstars. Hey, uh, so when Yes. Woo! Look at me. So last time DMC was here, uh, he did a little Today Show rap. Oh, yeah, freestyle. What? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I was wondering. So I can't let him out. No. Yeah, so come <laughs> on. Do you kick around? Yes. Look, look, he just, well, you can't hear it. Ooh. D is nice on the mic, so I got to give him all, huh? Even uh-huh. Can I do it now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the return of the monotonous hotness. I rock this. You watch this regardless. We got this from Hollis and y'all gets no chances, no wins and no ends. I need no dances, no rims or no bends on a Today Show. Yes. Yes. You just made our week. Woo! My man. Thank, Thank you. you so wear them in good health. Oh, I'm not wearing mine. I'm going to save them. Yeah, I put these in a box. In a box. Yeah. I'm going to display these. Yes. Thank Thanks for having me, guys. Thank, Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for all you've done. Thank you. All you've done for the culture. Kings from Queens, the Run DMC story. This one, this is the authorized story, yeah. by the way. It premieres Thursday, February 1st on Peacock. That, of course, is the streaming service from NBC Universal. Thank you so much. Upstairs, they were talking about how they missed your reality show with your kiddos. They're all grown up now. They're too old. We thank, <laughs> thank you for giving that to us grown. as well. All right. <laughs> Still ahead, actor Kyle MacLachlan is in live in Studio 1A today, sharing his new project, unlike anything he's ever done, and looking back at some of his classic roles. But first, we are tackling dry skin January. You know that's a thing? There's dry January and then there's right. dry skin This is the January. one I'm doing. That's right. We're going to show you. It's actually February. Trying <laughs> to add to your routine. It's actually Larry, too. And how you give your skin a boost while you sleep. Six people got that. We'll be right back. I don't get it. No, actually Larry. Never mind. Oh. Right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now with NBC Select's first ever dry skin January. This sel- the Select editors tried and reviewed dozens of skincare products and asked the experts which ones are best for healing dry skin. So one of those experts is board-certified dermatologist Dr. Michelle Henry. So by the way, you can scan the QR code and you can see all the items that she presents today. Dr. Henry, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. So a lot of these things are drying. So we're going to show you the drying product and then flip it around to show you maybe an alternative. Exactly. Right? Okay, so first up, you say we should probably swap out 
our makeup wipes. Yes. They're I mean, so convenient, but they're drying. I aren't know. They? It feels like a quick fix, but they're packed full of harsh surfactants, preservatives, and it's just really harsh to scrub the skin. Yeah. So a better choice. Da 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 da. Cleansing <laughs> balm. Music is okay. a nice okay. So this is fantastic. It's hydrating. It cleanses using vitamin E oil. It has jojoba. Honestly, Dylan and I discovered this on this show. Yeah. Like these yes. cleansing balms. They're just like. It's They're so amazing. Nice. They are. But get yourself some good washcloths that you don't mind yeah, getting, getting completely yeah. dirty. Get, gets you a little dirty. Yeah. Smells like yeah. eucalyptus, so it's nice, it but it's nice. so hydrating. Okay. Hmm. Check. Does All right, Dylan, your turn. Okay. Um, instead of like an exfoliating scrub, you yes. recommend these. Yeah. So, you know, we always talk about scrubbing the skin for a winter go, but loofahs are just too harsh. Your skin yeah. is sensitive. And those little caverns are like great for okay. bacteria. Mm. So I love these silk polishing cloths. Mm. It's by Tatcha. What do you so do? it's gentle. So you can actually exfoliate dry or really? wet. And they yes. work as well. Oh, yeah. Have, like, it, a little... it actually feels quite nice. Yeah. And so it's a little bit coarse. So it's just enough to not damage mm. the skin and they're easy to clean. So you can is hand wash or machine wash. Exactly. For okay. the face. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. okay so so usually we put on lotion. Yes. We should do something different. So we should switch. So a cardinal. Lotion's bad in the winter? Well, a cardinal rule of the winter is you need something richer. So a okay. cream. Uh-huh. So you need a cream. So this is going to help to lock in moisture. It's dry outdoors. It's dry indoors. This stuff works great. This is fantastic. So it has colloidal oats. So it's good and soothing. It has shea butter. So nice and smoothing. Good for the face. Good for the body. Good for eczema or rosacea. So nice and rich. Funny. Exactly. You could use it on the hands, on the cuticles. <laughs> so the guy just went right for it. I know. I yeah. love it. it How is it? Well, it's got a nice little scent to it's it. Nice. Yeah. Well. So it's nice. Not intrusive. And it's okay. not too heavy. Exactly. Not too greasy. Not this is easy. nice. Quick absorbing. Mm-hmm. So, Doc, are we not supposed to use lip gloss in the winter? <laughs> so, so, yes. We don't have oil glands on our lips. So our lips get oh, really wow. dry. Mm-hmm. And lip gloss is makeup. It's shiny. It's nice. You want something that's Mush. a bomb. Ta-da. So this is going to give you hyaluronic I acid, glycerin. <laughs> and it's a here. glow recipe. It's a lip gloss bomb. So it's a perfect fusion of the two. So you can look nice and feel good. And it tastes good. And it smells oh, it tastes good. good. Tastes good. Oh, smells good. Try? Um, so it it's, is it's a nice. women, though, right? Both. Don't, anyone. don't do that. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> don't yuck it. It's gender neutral. Anyone I was gonna can say, use it. The bomb don't know. Yeah. How do it know? <laughs> How do it know? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, that's, so, yeah. that is nice. That's yeah. nice, right? Everyone mm. can use it. Okay, thank you. Oh, I like Last but not least. Family fun. Last but not least. We should probably swap the cotton pillowcase, huh? Exactly. So cotton pillowcases are harsh. They absorb all of the moisture. Not good for the hair. Not good for the skin. We want to use a silk pillowcase. Mm, so like I've been doing it for, for, for a while now. For my hair. Yeah, for your hair. It makes a big difference for your wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, for those who have allergies, cotton absorbs dust mites. Oh, I didn't and know that. silk is less likely to do that. So really great for those. So even adults, kids, anyone who has allergies, anyone who wants to be wrinkle-free, anyone who wants hydrated hair and skin. Those are good reasons. Silk That's is, like silk it, is yeah, much better. Everybody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dr. Henry, thank you. You're welcome. So much. All right. To purchase any of these products and learn more about Dry Skin January, just scan that QR code or go to NBCNews.com slash select. Well, now that we're all nice and soft and smooth, we're going to go over and be next to a guy who's just as smooth, (laughs) actor Kyle McLaughlin. He's here live sharing his new project. And we're going to take a look back at some of his iconic roles. Third hour of the day. I'll be right back. next guest is an actor who's been entertaining us for decades, but now he's out with something a little different. Tom McLaughlin earned a Golden Globe for his role as FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. And of course, he went on to play Trey McDougal in Sex and the City and the mayor of Portland in the long-running comedy Portlandia, just to name a few. Well, now Kyle's latest role is 
as podcast host. In Varnum Town, he teams up with an investigative reporter to learn how a small southern town got involved in smuggling drugs in the 1980s. Good morning. Good morning. What a nice introduction. Uh, there you go. <laughs> this is a little bit different than what we're used to seeing you in. Now we're hearing you hearing in me. this yep. podcast. Yep. And now as an investigative journalist, how did you get involved in this? Well, you know, I've sort of cornered the market on characters who go into small towns and investigate unusual stories. So it's not much of a departure. A friend of a friend told me a story about a small town, rural town, coastal North Carolina, that made a deal with Pablo Escobar and his cartel to smuggle drugs in from the ocean through into the country. And I said... I'd, I've never heard of this story. And I, we shot Blue Velvet in Wilmington, 60 miles away. Yeah. We had no idea so about this story. About and I said, well, you have to follow this up. So I reached out to my friend Josh Davis, who is an investigative reporter mm-hmm. um, and has a lot of experience. And I said, we got to go track down the story. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. Wow. And, and, and I mean, people are raving about this. But what's interesting is, you know, there are so many podcasts out there. you got to do something to differentiate yourself. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you've been on social media. And something you did kind of went viral. Lord post a bunch of these pictures you recreate them yes and yes. people went nuts wait that is so funny well yeah yeah well, well, it wasn't what? completely me i had a little help i collaborate with uh-huh. the team but it was really in an effort to promote the podcast mm-hmm. you know and uh, so i said this is gonna be a fun way so we collaborated and and she was a great sport That's she responded fun. and said i'm you know, i'm speechless That's which cute. was very funny <laughs> so she took it in in, in good form so yeah i just started the podcast yesterday it's it's actually quite fascinating i'd never heard of the story either i thought yeah. it was you're from south where south, from carolina? south carolina oh. are you yeah, oh, wow. okay. yeah, we wouldn't have allowed this in South Carolina. This sounds like oh, right. North Carolina. Uh, only North Carolina. <laughs> right. um, in addition to that post, by the way, you're pretty active on TikTok. You're pretty active on. Like, what does yeah. your 15 year old son think about all of your your social media activity? Well, he's my arbiter. You know okay. what I mean? So he says, if it's cringy, then I failed. But for the most part, I think he's pretty he's pretty supportive. I love okay. that. I love that. Yeah. Never cringy. Uh, Never we have cringy. to ask. So on IMBD, it says your nickname is Kale. Yeah, so way back in the Dune days, mm-hmm. I auditioned and I met Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, he was the executive producer of Dune. He couldn't pronounce my name. He called me Kale. <laughs> and so David Lynch really liked that idea. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So from then on, this is from 1983, he called me Kale. I love it. And you wore a Kale costume years ago for Halloween. I got to support. You got to oh, wow. Oh, right. you, you leaned in. You got to yes. lean in. All in. The problem with this costume, not to get too graphic, but Kale, after a few hours outside the refrigerator, doesn't uh-huh. smell very good. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is that real kale? Oh, yeah. It's That's oh. hot glued onto that sweatshirt. Right? Wow. 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 Oh, it's like I'm very Gaga. Gaga. It's like Lady Gaga's meat costume. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking of, which kale, I hope, would smell better than the meat. Um, but going back to your Dune days, yes. I was reading that Sting actually taught you how to play a couple of his songs. He did. He did. Wow. Um, he was, we were working on Dune together and he was about to go on his, uh, synchronicity tour. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, Roxanne and Message in a Bottle, two of my favorites. And we sat down one day, uh, in, in his dressing room on his couch and he no showed me way. the recording for these. And I was like, this is, this is pretty awesome. Can you Amazing. still play it? I keep, maybe. <laughs> well, let's bring a it out. We got a guitar. guitar. We got a guitar. No. So, so, uh, so Kale, uh, uh you, you've been in so many different shows, uh, including Sex in the City. You ever wonder what, what Trey would be doing now? Ooh. Oh, I know exactly what he'd be doing. Oh, what, really? He'd be still living with his, with his mom, Bunny. They'd have their own show, <laughs> the Bunny and Trey show, and it'd be very popular. 
on HBO. I, can I like that. Actually, yeah. that's kind yeah. of not a bad idea. I'm trying, I'm trying I was going to say, idea. you're, yeah, trying, you're pitching this, aren't you? Yeah, 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 this is a great idea. Well done. Thank you, I thank love you so much for being here. It's so nice thank to have you. you. The first episode of Varnum Town from Podcast One is out today. Be sure to check it out. It's worth this. And we'll be right back. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the third hour of today, we've got Star Wars actor Daisy Ridley with her new project live in Studio One. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna from the new series Masters of the Air, Austin Butler and Callum Turner. We will see you right back here tomorrow. Same place, same time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.